We're in the book of Daniel tonight. We'll be in Daniel chapter number five. Daniel chapter number five. And thank you for the music. And uh, it's just a blessing uh, to see all that, to be a part of what God is doing. And we're going to look tonight in Daniel chapter number five. And tonight is going to be one of those messages uh, that is designed to make sure that we have uh, our perspective in the proper focus. Uh, as Christians, we need to be reminded that we need to always look at things through the lens of the Word of God. Uh, this world has a different value system than God's people have. Uh, we should have different goals than this world has. Uh, simply put, uh, we ought to be thinking more of the eternal than the temporal. Uh, this world has philosophies. The Bible and God have philosophies. And so uh, in this day we live in, I want us to be reminded of uh, some truths, keep our perspective the way it should be. And tonight is one of those messages as we look at the Bible character of Daniel. Uh, Daniel was quite a man. He was quite a greatly used man and uh, certainly a Bible character that we can look to as an example and I want to remind us of a few things tonight before I read the scripture. We look at these Bible characters. You, you know my testimony. I've grown up in church. I've grown up in Sunday school. Uh, these were Bible stories before. Uh, they're these Bible characters that I preach from tonight. And uh, I've grown up with a great admiration and reverence, if I can use that word, for men like Daniel. And I think we can look to them. But when they lived, uh, the world didn't look at them like we look at them now. We look at them and appreciate uh, their stand. We appreciate their character because God has pulled back the veil and allowed us to see some things about them. Otherwise, we wouldn't know. Uh, and so uh, as Daniel just continued to focus on what God had for him, it ties in with the Sunday school lesson this morning, the message this morning. We are just to be faithful doing what God has for us to do. And then God will take care of all of the results. They don't want to remind us that there's no new thing under the sun. What has been true in the past is true now, will be true in the future. And if Daniel lived by a certain set of principles, and they work for Daniel, you and I can take those same principles and apply them to our life, and they will work for us. We don't have a Bible problem in 2020. We have a people problem in 2020. We have left the Bible. The Bible still works. Bible principles still work. You can build a marriage based on the Word of God. You can rear your children based on the Word of God. You can have a happy, joyous life based on the Word of God. The Bible still works. Man's just left the Bible. So tonight I want us to look into the Word of God, and there's some very important principles here I want us to see as we look in Daniel chapter number 5. In just a moment, I'll begin reading in verse number 10. Daniel chapter 5 tells us a story of Belshazzar. Daniel is a captive. He is in the, the kingdom of Babylon. He has served under Nebuchadnezzar and now Belshazzar. Belshazzar was a wicked king, and Belshazzar decides to have a great feast, a great party, and he orders the gold and silver vessels that were once in the temple in Jerusalem that Nebuchadnezzar had removed. He ordered them brought to him, and so that he and his wives and his concubines and all of those there can revel and have a party using the vessels of gold and silver. And they use them to fill their wine, and 
have just a good time. And it's interesting that in verse number 4, they drink wine and praise the gods of gold and of silver. They took the vessels of God and used them in the worship of a false god. Now, there's a lot that I can preach on that right now that goes on in our nation today. But this is where we have the story where out of nowhere that a hand appears and begins to write on the wall. Have you ever heard the phrase, the writing is on the wall? This is the origin. And a hand begins to write on the wall in a, in a message that the king could not understand. Now, if you know the story, uh, the message, I'll just go ahead and give you the, what the message said. The message spoke of his destruction. But he could not understand what had been written, and so he calls in all of his astrologers. He calls in all of his, he, 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 I mean, he calls them all in. He calls Joel Osteen in. He calls uh, all these guys in and says, tell me, tell me what this says. Now I want us to see, verse number 9, Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and the lords were astonished. Why is it? Because they could not tell him. He knew, I mean, if a hand just shows up out of nowhere, just a hand, and begins writing on the wall, that would probably get your attention. And then when his wise men have no idea what it means, we see in verse number 9, he's greatly disturbed. Well, let's begin reading in verse number 10. Now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house, and the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor yet thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. In the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him. Whom the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father the king, I say, thy father made master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, and soothsayers. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar, now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Then was Daniel brought in before the king, and the king spake and said unto Daniel, Art thou that Daniel? <clears throat> which are of the children of the captivity of Judah, whom the king of my father brought out of Jewry. I have even heard of thee, that the spirit of the gods is in thee, and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee. And now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me, that they should read this writing and make known unto me the interpretation thereof, but they could not show the interpretation of the thing. And I have heard of thee, that thou canst make interpretations and dissolve doubts. Now, if thou canst read the writing and make known to me the interpretation thereof, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about thy neck and shalt be the third ruler in, in the kingdom. As I've already mentioned, <clears throat> Daniel does interpret. Belshazzar is killed. The, the, the kingdom is overthrown. But I want you to notice three phrases. The first one in verse number 11, there is a man. The next one in verse number 14, I have even heard of thee. And in verse 16, that same phrase again, and I have heard of thee. Tonight I want to preach on this subject, how to make a name for yourself. How to make a name for yourself. Father, I pray tonight that the Spirit of God would work through me. May the truths that uh, we need Him to illuminate tonight 
uh, be in many ways life-changing. May they be reassuring uh, that we're on the right path. May it be challenging uh, to the degree that it will resolve us in our stand. And Father, I pray tonight that uh, your people will be strengthened by what your word declares to us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We find in our story that Daniel had made a name for himself. When Belshazzar, the king of Babylon, has heard of you and knows you by your name, uh, you've made a name for yourself. But we need to clarify, he had not made a name like himself, like others attempt to make a name for themselves. Some today in this world of social media, they live to make a name for themselves. They live for how many followers they can have on this platform or how many quote-unquote friends they can have. And if they don't get a certain number of likes or, or, or favorites or all of that, then uh, they, they just got to work harder. They're trying to make a name for themselves. Even it, 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 if it shows it even in the weakness of preachers, we put the premium on the number of meetings we have. Sometimes even as churches fall prey to this with, our status of buildings and programs and even attendance and numbers. We work and do the things we do to make a name for ourselves. If I can say it like this, so many are trying to make a name for themselves. They can never make a name for themselves as God would have them make a name for themselves. See, Daniel, don't miss the truth here. Daniel found favor without the following. Many are trying to get favor by having a following. Let me just interject here. You and I being accepted by this world is not going to give us a greater influence by God. So many in this day we live in, they're sacrificing the truth of the Word of God for what they think would give them a greater platform to proclaim the Word of God. Daniel found favor without the following. We find in verse number 11, as the king is distraught, the queen comes in, and let me put this in today's context. She says, King, I know a guy. He served under your father. He could tell things that others could not tell. To the degree that Nebuchadnezzar put him over all of these other Yehus who, that's in the, that's in the Hebrew there, who, who could not interpret your dream. He put him in charge and told him of his spirit, told him of his knowledge and his understanding and how he interpreted the dreams. And all of these things were found in Daniel. Daniel had made a name without building a reputation. Mistake is made when we try and build a reputation, but we have no name. Influence comes with a name. A name does not bring popularity. Let me remind you that celebrity is standing, but a name is respect. We need more Christians who are more concerned, and they have a name more than they're concerned about being popular. We know more preachers to stand behind pulpits and have a name as Daniel had a name as opposed to preaching messages that are accepted by the masses. 
We need more churches with a name, a name that represents where they stand, what they stand for, and the links that they'll go to proclaim the truths that they stand for, as opposed to making a world feel comfortable in a place where a law, the lost world ought to feel conviction. Daniel was not mainstream, but he had made a name for himself. See, if I've got to decide today, personally speaking, what I want to be or who I want to be, I'd rather be a Daniel. I've often used this illustration. When you have a loved one on their deathbed, and you need God to intercede, or you need a salvation presentation given, you don't want to call a pastor who's a dude. You want a man of God. Daniel was not a dude. Daniel did not live to fit in with the scene of that day. Daniel was different. What we need today are Christians who'll say, I'm willing to sacrifice acceptance with the world so that I can have a name with the world. I'm willing to sacrifice acceptance with family so that I can have a name with family. I hope you understand the truth of which I'm coming with this evening. We need in our nation today, we need men of God who are willing to be more concerned about their name, as Daniel had a name, as opposed to a message that is accepted. Uh, the danger of the popularity, the danger of the acceptance. Uh, we need, as a church, to continue to have the resolve to say, uh, this is what we believe, this is where we stand, and be willing to have a name as opposed to the acceptance of a lost world. Let me look into tonight, I want you to stay with me this evening, and I want us to look into what I find is the recipe, if you will, to how Daniel made a name for himself. And I think it's important. And I know sometimes and many times, especially this time of year, there'll be many times and opportunities of counsel when you'll say, Pastor, can I just ask you a question? When I'm with family and I... How do I do with family in this situation? And the holidays are coming, and how, I'm the outsider because of what I believe and where I stand, and I know that I'm the topic of conversation in the way that I choose to rear my children and the things I've, our family does not participate in. What should I do about that? Let me just say, <clears throat> I know that wears on you, but it's important that you keep your name. It's important that you have your name. You may be the one in your office. You may be the one in your company. You may be the one uh, that, you, that, that you work with the people you work with. And uh, you may be ostracized a little bit because they know that you're not like them. Not like them from the sense that you think you're better than them. But you're not going to participate in the things that they participate in. You're not going to laugh at the jokes they tell. You're not going to go to the places on Friday night they go. Uh, and so you're going to be kept on the outside. And sometimes you feel the pressure of that. And, and quite frankly, sometimes there's an effort to push you out. It is more important for you to keep your name than it is for you to be accepted. 
Because the time is going to come when the astrologers of this world don't have an answer. The time is going to come when the sorcerers of the day can't bring peace to that co-worker, can't bring peace to that family member. And when they get in that time when they got to have an answer, and they've, they've tried all of the philosophies of this world, I tell you what's going to take place. They're going to think of the one with the name. The one they may not understand, the one they may not even like, but there's a level of respect there because of the name. Belshazzar was not interested in Daniel's reputation. Belshazzar was not interested in, 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 in Daniel's social standing. Belshazzar wanted an answer. Now, in this situation, the answer was not good. But Daniel had a name. And friend, I want us to look into what made Daniel, Daniel. And the kind of name I'm talking about this evening is a name that registers in heaven. Is a name that when man needs something, you know, this happens often. And I wish it would happen more, but I'll take what I get. Sometimes people come to, to, come to our service. And we say, well, how'd you hear about us? Or how'd you hear? Say, well, I was going to such and such a church, and I didn't know I was saved. And so they said, if I wanted to find that out, to come here. They may not like our separation. But we've got a name. Hey, somebody knocks on their door on Saturday. They already know what church it is because we've got a name. Let's look into the life of Daniel. I think this will help us. Let me say, number one, how to make a name for yourself. Never forget where you came from. Even in our text tonight, Daniel was recognized being out of Judah. Look, we'll be back at Daniel chapter number one. It reminds us where Daniel came from. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. Chapter one, verse two. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. The king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, and he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning and knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and who they might teach the learning in the tongue of the Chaldeans. See, Daniel never forgot where he came from. He was a captive from his home. We're going to see in just a moment, Daniel never removed himself from that which made him him. He didn't want to change all of his customs because it was who made him him. He never lost touch with home. If I can say it like this, he never lost touch with his roots. Therefore, he never lost touch with his God. And too many times, Christians don't see the correlation. They lose touch of where they were saved. They lose touch of the place that nurtured them and prayed for them. It's just a matter of time before they lose touch with their God. There was a system when Nebuchadnezzar came in and he conquered and they chose the choice 
youth to take back to serve with them. The system was to retrain their thinking, was to remove them from being a Jew, and now they were going to be a Babylonian. And while Daniel lived in Babylon, he served in Babylon, he certainly spoke the language of Babylon, Him certain he, he, he dressed the part in Babylon, he never forgot he came from Judah. He never forgot where he came from. And friend, there's a great secret there to always be appreciative of where God found you. Always be appreciative of where you got saved. Always be appreciative of those that helped you and nurtured you and prayed for you. He never forgot where he came from. Well, I pray to God, I never forget where I came from. I never forget what made me, me. And young people, you've got a great opportunity and a great privilege to grow up in the Emmanuel Baptist Church and to have what you have and the people to support you and the truth that you hear and those that pray for you that you don't even know they pray for you. The example that is set, the opportunity that is open to you. Don't ever forget the people who have invested in you. Don't ever forget where you came from. Well, I know where I came from. I, I know my heritage I have no desire to leave my heritage. I don't understand those that grow up in Bible-believing Baptist churches, then leave it. It was good enough for them to get saved in. It was good enough for them to, to learn how to work in. It was good enough for them to develop character in. It was good enough for them to meet their spouse in. Hey, don't ever forget where you came from. I'm not interested in forgetting my, my Bible heritage. I'm not interested in forgetting my Baptist roots. I'm not interested in forgetting my King James Bible training. I'm not interested in any of that. I'm never going to forget where I came from. I'm never going to forget it. Daniel had a name. You study it out. We don't have time tonight. People didn't like Daniel because of what I'm talking about tonight. They didn't like him because he wouldn't give up who he was. But oh, when Belshazzar needed somebody to give an answer that nobody else could give, I've heard of him. I know of him. What is it that made Daniel, Daniel? Young people, you want to be a success in life? Don't forget where you came from. You want God to use you? Don't forget where you came from. You want God to bless your home? Don't forget where you came from. One of the greatest sins in the Bible is the sin of ingratitude. He never forgot where he came from. You want to make a name for yourself? Never forget where you came from. Number two, how to make a name for yourself. There's got to be an unwillingness to compromise. In chapter number one, we've already read how Nebuchadnezzar is bringing these young people to Babylon. And they are going to serve in the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar. Look will be at verse number eight. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with a portion of the king's meat or with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. You may be familiar with this story. As they were brought in, they were given a new diet. They were given uh, new customs, given new traditions. And Daniel had purpose in his heart. You may take me out of my home, but I will not defile myself. 
I may not sleep in my own bed, but I will not defile myself. I may be the minority, but I will not defile myself. He made the request, let us keep our diet. Let us stay who we are. Let us and compare. And after a certain amount of time, you can compare and see the difference. Of course, we know that they, the Bible tells us in the same chapter that after that period of time was over, they were ten times better. But it came a point where he had to say, I'm not willing to compromise. I'm not willing to change what I know to be right so that I can be accepted by the mainstream. Please understand the context of our story tonight. A foreign army has come into their homes and has taken them from their families and against their will, taken them to a strange land with strange customs, with strange gods. They don't know their future. They don't know what's going to take place. They now belong to Nebuchadnezzar, and they are told, this is what you're going to do. This is what you're going to eat. These are your customs now. But Daniel had decided, I will not compromise. Well, Pastor, what would have happened? What would have happened if they had not given them that period of time? I don't believe Daniel would have changed. I believe Daniel would have said, go ahead and take my life, but I've defiled, I've, I've, I've purpose that I'm not going to defile myself. You know what we need in our homes today is we need some Christians who'll say, I'll not defile myself. I'm not willing to compromise. You know what we need at family time and Thanksgiving and Christmas time, instead of making the ones who've left God feel comfortable, let them feel uncomfortable because I'm not going to defile myself. I've purposed in my heart, I will not compromise. You know what has hurt this country worse than anything over the last generation? It's not a political party. It's God's people not having a spirit that says, I will not have a reputation, but I'll have a name that says, I will not compromise. I will not change as the world changes around me. I will not leave this book to appease anyone. There's got to be an unwillingness to compromise. He took a stand at great risk. Let me just remind all of us, if you take a stand on any principle, you will pay a price. I hate to bring a political example into this, but it certainly illustrates. The very people who hate our president loved him until he got pinned down on what do you believe about abortion. And he took a stand on it. He's paid a price. But can I tell you something? That's just one illustration. Parent, don't be willing to compromise. Well, I, I don't want to be the sibling that... Be the sibling. I tell you, when tragedy comes to the family, let me tell you who they're going to call. Let me tell you who they're going to call. Hey, have an, willing to have a name, you must be, have an unwillingness to compromise. This world doesn't know, know what to do with somebody who just won't change, who just won't bend, 
who just won't compromise. And parents, let me help you tonight. Don't compromise for your kids. Let me say that again. Don't compromise for your kids. Well, they just, they just don't understand. Who says they have to understand for the Bible to be true? Who says they have to understand for the commands of this book to be right? Well, they just don't want to... Well, you make sure you don't compromise. Well, they said that... They, we, we, I, I'm just tired of fighting. I want to go I, where we don't... You're going to fight? It's just going to be a different battle. Don't compromise. Don't, and kids, don't compromise for your parents either. If you want to do right, you do right. We need an unwillingness to compromise. I hope you know this, but I think it's good for me to remind you from time to time. You have a pastor. I'm not changing. I'm not passing out a survey to see if you still believe this book. We believe this book. If you want to go to a church where the Bible is not preeminent, I can suggest many of them for you. We need to have an unwillingness to compromise the things that are right. Daniel had a name. We all said, man, I wish I'd had a reputation like Daniel. You've got to be willing to pay the price by not being willing to compromise. You think they talk good about Daniel? They didn't talk good about Daniel. You read the next chapter after our text, and they conspire against him to kill him. That's what they thought about Daniel. They didn't think good about him. They talked about him. He was the one who, oh, he's better than everybody else. We've got to get rid of him. You know, you did hear me say at the beginning, there's no new thing under the sun. You don't bend, you don't compromise to appease anyone. Uh, you'll pay a price. But I'd rather have my name than to have a conscience that says, why in the world did I not stand when I had an opportunity to stand? Number three, as I look into the life of Daniel, how he made a name for himself, and I think it's true of us, the third thing I see is he chose the right relationships. In chapter number two, Nebuchadnezzar has a vision. And of course, this is Nebuchadnezzar's visions is why Belshazzar was aware that Daniel had interpreted dreams before. Nebuchadnezzar has a vision and he calls the wise men of the day, and says, I have this vision, I need you to interpret it. They said, well, what is it? He says, I'm not going to tell you. See, he even knew that they were powerless. Because he basically said, no, because if I tell you, you're just going to tell me something that, that, that you think I want to hear. He said, so not only am I not going to tell you the dream, you're, go and you need to tell me what the dream is and then tell me what it means. That way I know you really have the answer. And he says, by the way, if you don't have it to me by this time, I'm killing you all. No pressure. Daniel hears of this. In verse 13, he... Well, let's go back to verse 12 of chapter 2. For this cause, the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain, and they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom to Arioch, you know, how would you like to get that email? 
you've got such and such a time to get this done in, or, or you're, you're going to be killed. He answered with counsel and wisdom, Ariot, the captain of the king's guard, which was gone forth to slay the wise men of Babylon. In verse 15, he answered and said to Ariot, the king's captain, why is the decree so hasty from the king? Then Ariot made the thing known to Daniel. Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. Daniel hears of this, goes to the king, if you just give me a little time, I'll tell you the dream, I'll tell you the interpretation. So Daniel, he went back and he got on Google. <laughs> he went down to the bookstore and he went to the self-help section. Couldn't find the answer there. Then he went to the religious section and to all the, all the uh, scam books. I mean, all the, all the books on, on dreams and couldn't find anything there. No, he didn't do that. We find what he did in verse 17. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. If you don't recognize those three names, they're better known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Verse 18, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret. That Daniel and his fellows, oh, I love this passage of scripture, should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. Daniel tells the king, Give me a little bit of time, and I'll have the answer for you. Then he goes and he finds his three companions. He brings them in, and what do they do? All him and his fellows, as the Bible calls them in verse 18, they petition God. Can I, I want the young people to listen closely to me, but this is good for all of us. There's going to come a time in all of our lives when we need fellows like these fellows and not buddies like we think we need. Let me put it where we really understand it. You're going to need your church buddies more than you need your fishing buddies. See, when you leave the people of God, you leave your fellows. Because there's going to come a time when you need the intervention of God. That's one of the great things about God's church. Well, we can go to God on our behalf and He'll hear us. But aren't you thankful you got Brothers and sisters in Christ, you can come to and say, I need you to pray for me and with me. We need to get an answer from God. If not the most important decision a Christian makes in their life, it's right there at the top, is who they make their close fellowship with. Who were their companions to use the Bible word? Who were the fellows to use the Bible word? Who do they fellowship with? Who were their friendships with? 
in this day of social media, let me just remind the parents or remind the young people, that person that you don't even know, that is your quote-unquote friend, they'll leave you so fast. They don't have your best interest in mind. But they like my post every time I post it. The time's going to come when you need God. And you're going to need the very people that you push aside and you ignore. He had a name. He was used by God. He got the answer. And it's because of the relationships he had in his life. He had companions that he could go to. And they were the right kind of companions who could actually pray. Who could actually encourage him? Who could seek the answer from God on his behalf? How many Christians have been discouraged and ultimately destroyed and fallen by the wayside because they did not choose the right relationships? They did not choose the right friendships. They did not choose the right people to give their loyalty to those that were, had the, the same interest they had in the things of God. You better choose very wisely. You better choose very, very wisely. You, you single men and women, you better choose the right spouse. Choose the right friends. He chose the right relationships, and that helped him have a name for himself. And then number four, and I'm through tonight. You want to have a name for yourself, you've got to have power with God. We, I know we live in a world, a, a day of satisfaction. A day of, we want patting on the back. In this internet day that we live in, it's certainly fed through all of the things at our fingertips. Popularity doesn't get you power. And, and parent, mom and dad, you, you rearing your child according to the things of this book is not mainstream. It's counterculture. It's not mainstream culture. It's never going to make you parent of the month. It's never going to get you accolades amongst those who have no idea what it is to follow the Word of God. Let me tell you what you need more than the approval of the other mothers in your neighborhood. You need to be able to get a hold of God when you need to get a hold of God. Can I tell you, and I'm not necessarily against it, can I tell you what I need as a preacher of this book, as your pastor, more than I need approval from any ministerial association, more than I need a seat on any platform, I need the power of God. And quite frankly, I'm more interested in that than any of the other. Daniel made a name for himself because when Belshazzar needed somebody who could get a hold of God, everybody else fell flat. But there is one who had the reputation. There is one who had the name. There is one, we don't understand him, we don't agree with him, we don't even like him. Matter of fact, we conspired to kill him. But the queen says, I know a guy who served under your father. Then he comes before Belshazzar and says, I have heard of thee. 
Look in verse 14 of chapter 5. That the spirit of the gods is in thee. He didn't understand God, but he knew that Daniel could get a hold of his God. Verse 16, I have heard of thee that thou canst make interpretations. But the power of God was evident long before he stood before Belshazzar in chapter 2. In verse number 28, and the Bible says, But there is a David answer, verse 27, In the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath demanded, Cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king? Cannot those that have the best-selling books, cannot those that have the seminars, cannot those who have the popularity and the invitation at the political table, can they not deliver? Verse 28, but there is a God in heaven that revealeth secrets. Daniel had power with God. Can I tell you, power with God is more important than influence with man. Power with God is more important than reputation in society. Friend, as a church, we need to continue to experience the power of God. We need to experience to under, continue to understand the power of God. It is the power of God that makes a difference. Verse 47 of the same chapter, the king answered unto Daniel and said, Of a truth it is that your God is a God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets, seeing thou couldst reveal this secret. He had power with God. You know what we need as Christians in 2020? We need to make a name for ourselves. I'm not talking about building our popularity. By the way, Bible believers have never been popular, contrary to what some would try and tell you. You know what you need, Christian, in your home and your family? You need to make a name for yourself. Not as the world would say make a name, but as Daniel made a name for himself. You know what our nation needs in 2020 and moving forward? It needs churches that are willing to make a name for themselves. Not as has been done to appease this world. I'd rather have the reputation as a church that we're going to stand on this book and we're never going to budge off of it. Don't go down there. They'll just tell you how it is and, and, there's, no, and there's, no, there's no change in them. Thank you. Thank you. Make a name for yourself. You young men who feel called to preach, don't, don't, don't go be one of these. Don't, don't, don't follow the lead of some who've set a bad example. And quite frankly, it's not about how many likes you get on Twitter. I want power with God. Make a name for yourself. You young couples, make a name for yourself. I'm not talking about popularity. I'm talking about make a name for yourself that we are going to seek the things of God. We're never going to forget what God has done for us. 
We're going to stay plugged into this book. We're never going to compromise. We're going to choose the right relationships, and we're going to have power with God. And that is how you make a name for yourself. Is it reputation or respect? I'll take respect. Is it popularity or a name? I'll take a name. Because Daniel made a name for himself. I remind you, what I remind you at the beginning, that the day that Daniel lived, they did not look at him as we look at him. As you know, I consider myself, I don't know if I'm a very good one, I consider myself to be a student of history. I love American history. I love church history. I love Baptist history. And some of the very men from generations gone by that we revere and respect, they were hated in their day. They were hated. Who were they hated by? The other brethren. They were respected by a lost world. They were hated. Don't sacrifice the power of God to fit in where you shouldn't fit in. Don't sacrifice, parent, being able to get a hold of God on behalf of your child just to appease your rebellious sibling. Don't, 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 don't give up the associations that God has given you in the house of God to be accepted and run with those who've never invested a moment in you. Pastor, it it gets lonely. One day we'll let you tell Daniel about it. I'm sure he'll be very sympathetic towards you. Pastor, there's a price to pay. I'll let you tell Daniel about it. He can tell you what the line smelled like. He can tell you what it was like to know that you've been taken out of your home and others have conspired against you. But when none of the astrologers, none of the other wise men could get an answer, O king, I know a guy. He could interpret the dreams. He had power with God. Who is he? Oh, he's one of the Jews that was taken out of Judah. And it was his God who your father declared to be the God of gods, the Lord of kings. Let's make a name for ourselves. Father, I pray.